edition of the Legends of Sports and Music, and it's been too long with uh, my favorite co-host, Cheyenne from Detroit, 
We're going to talk today about the legendary Bobby Womack. Um, this is your host, the OG Rob Silver. And you heard the show start off with Across 110th Street. Shy. Yes. Yes, yes. When did yes. you first hear this song? And when did you first hear about Bobby Womack? And did your mother love Bobby Womack? And was it your mother that introduced you to Bobby Womack? Go ahead and take the take the floor, baby. Uh absolutely. Um my earliest memories, uh, I'm gonna try my best. I'm gonna be completely tra- transparent. I'm gonna try my best to keep it all together during the show because Bobby Womack reminds me so much of my great grandma that wow. uh, that wow. I lost uh, in November. Right, and it's right. Funny because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize until this year that Bobby Womack was also a Pisces, like me and my grandma. So that's wow. hilarious. Yeah, so I always, I thought that was funny when I found that out, but um. But yeah, Bobby Womack, like every time I hear his music, it just gives me just that nostalgia of being either at home with my mom and my grandmother or at my great grandma's house. Like we spent a lot of my childhood there. Like that was just like the gathering place. And my I have a really big family, so it didn't even have to be a holiday or special occasion. We just going over grandma's house on a Friday or on the weekend or, you know, during the summer, whenever. And. Bobby Womack was absolutely one of the one of the artists that you were guaranteed to hear all the time. And um, yeah, and I, I always tell my mom um, every once in a while I bring this up. I'm like, you know, we go to concerts. That's our thing. Like we always mm-hmm. do. And I tell her all the time. I'm like, you made me miss one of the concerts that I will forever be hurt that I didn't get to attend. I never got a chance to see Bobby Womack in concert. And it was like the year, the year or two that Bob, before Bobby Womack passed, I will never forget that shit. It was him and um, the Isley Brothers. They were coming to show. Oh, it was an all-white concert. And I told my mom, I was like, can you please get me a ticket? Because I really want to go. And at that time, I hadn't seen the Isley, Isley Brothers either. And she kept, like, kind of brushing me off and shit. I'm like, Ma, I'm serious. Like, I really want to go to this concert. She didn't give me a ticket. I found out they ended up going. And then, like, a year later, Bobby Womack passed. I was so pissed that I wanted to go so bad. You you were a young woman at the time, right? Were you early 20s? Yeah, I was. Because he he died in 2014. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. So, yeah, it was almost 10 years ago now. Okay. Nine years ago, yeah, yeah. That was uh, yeah, I was like twenty five. Yeah. And I was wow. like, Mom, I really want to go to that concert. And she like, Oh, okay, I'll let you know, I'll let you know. She never Where was the where was the concert at? at? It was at Shane Park, so it was off the water. Okay. It was, it was a nice concert and it was all white, you know, so yeah, I'm still upset because I love Bobby Womack is probably my favorite. He is actually Bobby Womack is my favorite R and B like male solo, like old school artist. Even more so than Gerald? Well, Gerald is probably, he like after Bobby Womack as far as like generations. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah. Overall, who, who who's who's your favorite? Let's just, his, overall, overall, yeah. Um, Male R&B solo artist, can I say it mm. on <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, R. Kelly. Hey, wait, look. That's... People have been asking me to do a show, so... In order for me to do the show sometime down the line, later in the year, you're going to have to be my co-host. So that oh, I'm I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Look, I did a, 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 po- I did a, po- a, a poll on Twitter asking mm-hmm. if I should do one, and it won by like a couple of votes. So, uh, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. There will be a Robert Sylvester Kelly yes. tribute podcast with Shy and I. But Shy and I first have to do Phyllis Hyman. Cleanse the soul. Oh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. First, gotta cleanse it with with Phyllis. But yeah, and like I mean, later yeah, in the year, we will do Robert Sylvester Kelly. I've seen him in concert thirteen times, married fourteen times. So he's just quite a few. Yeah, he's he's the second. Um, and you know what? There's quite similarities between Bobby. And they're both named Robert. Damn, my name Robert. What's wrong with the Roberts of the world, Robert? You know what's so funny? Robert is like the most common name in my family. Well, it's the most most common names in the history of, of, of the world. But it's funny. Robert Kelly, Robert Womack, both have a similar upbringings and similar uh relationships with women we'll, we'll talk about it later on in the podcast but continue with um you learning about bobby womack first time you're across 110th street and your mother's love of bobby oh yeah she she loves bobby like in um you know like i always say every time i'm on the pod like i just feel like i was just truly blessed when it comes to like music to have the mother that i have like she was literally born in 1970 so it's like it was like the perfect year mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. for me to have her as my mom because she was you know exposed to everything like you know her childhood was in the 70s and then like her teen years is in the 80s and then when she becoming a young adult that's through the 90s and that's mm-hmm. when i started to come in and like get exposed to all the you know the stuff that she done been exposed to over those years so it's like i'm getting like the best of both in all worlds actually but bobby womack i don't know what it is about him uh, i never really like asked her like where did her love for bobby womack come from but i just always knew like when she would play like solo um male artists mm-hmm. um bobby womack and gerald Levert was like the top two that she will always play like she and i don't know what it is like she just really really always played a lot of Bobby Womack and so on. Across 110th Street, like, I remember, like, being little and, like, how the songs start out. Oh, it, amazing. It, like, make you so curious. Like, you, it grabbed your attention. Like, oh, something about to happen. Like, what's about, you know, like, what's going on? And then, like, when the beat dropped, too, it's, like, it's, it's a very good song. Like, I just... And it's funny. He goes, he begins the song, I was the third brother of five. Trying, he he is the middle child of five brothers. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I love when artists throw in real autobiographical tidbits of their life into a song. Because he wrote this song, he wrote this masterpiece. And he's like, How's the third brother of five? Try to do the survive. Grow, he, he grew up. Oh, another thing. Wow. You know, you and your mom got things. Maybe maybe one day you'll marry a Cleveland dude because both <laughs> both Bobby right. and Gerald are from Cleveland. <laughs> That's funny. That is hilarious. Possibly, never know. Your pops not from Cleveland. No, your pops a Detroit dude, right? <laughs> uh, no, he's not actually from here. He's from uh, um, Louisiana. I, I, yeah, I think Louisiana. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. So when you, 
how many movies or shows have had across 110th Street? Of course, you had the movie across 110th Street that Bobby Womack was the, the lead composer of that movie soundtrack. And it was, it's the only, it was in Jackie Brown also, but a, the, the movie across 110th Street was filmed in 1972 in the neighborhood I live in because I live on 110th oh, yeah. Street in Harlem. So oh, I used wow. to hate Shy whenever, like a Jackie Brown, the movie Jackie Brown had across 110th Street. I think Snowfall had an episode where they used that song. Nah, you can't. They're based in Los Angeles. You can't have a across 110th Street playing a gangster movie from Detroit, DC, LA. It can only be Harlem because they're talking about 100 across 110th Street. They're not right. 110th Street, in goddamn LA. <laughs> right. I used to hate that, but I used to love when I'm walking across 110th Street from going to the subway or wherever, because I always got to walk across 110th Street from east to west. I live on the east side. The west side is just a couple of blocks away. And then I'm like, fuck it. Siri, play across 110th Street. (laughs) Uh, This song is an awesome song, and it gets you in a good mood, even though... It's a song about despair, about drug dealing and all that. It's still a good good mood song. What kind of mood does this song get you into when you hear it? It just, the same way uh, all Bobby music, like it just makes you want to just sit there and just like, I just chill and like I'm just, you know, tapping my foot. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like it just, his music just make you feel good, but across 110th street it's like hey you got to do what you got to do you know to like to survive like whatever it is like by by any means it just make you feel like you know just just get out here and just get to it you know it's just it's a good ass song yes you are yes you are do 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 i love that and the way the songs it's just a perfect song one of the greatest songs ever released in a black movie and it's criminal that this song didn't get an Oscar nomination, at least for a best song in a movie, best original song. But during that time, you had all these other great soundtracks. You had the Superfly soundtrack, which I believe came out in the same year, 72, because Superfly and Godfather came out around the same time. The first Godfather, Godfather 1 and Superfly. And then you had, of course, across 110th Street, you had Shaft. You had all these great soundtracks come out, and only Isaac Hayes would win an Oscar for his Shaft song. And guns in my head, if you were to tell me what's the greatest song, Shaft, across 110th Street, I uh, like, I prefer across 110th Street, but I'm not gonna argue and say Shaft's not the greatest greatest song. Shaft's a masterpiece. The way Isaac Hayes is conducting that orchestra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a masterpiece. That's, yeah, it is. Man, so much. Ain't even one thing I want to mention about your mother. Your mother was born two years after me. So mm-hmm. your mother and I both grew up where we listened to 33s, 78s, 45s, 8-tracks, audio cassettes, and then CDs. So your mother and I have seen the evolution of how music is distributed and how we listen to music. And so your mother being a generation Xer like myself has a better feel for music and then generation Y, Z, millennials, whatever you want to call them, because 
her and I both lived through the evolution of how music was distributed, how music was played. Like today, people just turn on the radio as a force of habit. But listening to the radio, you as a child would remember this because you were born 88, 89. It was a ritual. You put the t- you put the radio on and you were like, oh, in order to find out what the latest song is. Now, is radio is just there to exist. But your mother grew up during a time where Radio was much more appreciative of music, and you had black urban stations play Bobby Womack, Curtis Mayfield. You know what's crazy, Shy? And I don't know if you would agree. If those artists came out today, they may just get lost in the source. Yeah. Because where's the avenue for their music to be played? That's true, but I don't know, because I also feel like maybe because there isn't an avenue for it, Maybe that they would be able to like. You well, know, think of, think about all the great artists that are out today that mm-hmm. are not getting the push that they should, because radio has been de-emphasized. Yeah. Like, I like Summer Walker and Jasmine Sullivan and and, and, and those acts. They they don't get the recognition they deserve. And these these are greater artists in Curtis Mayfield and uh, that that's a discussion we can have for another day. But thank God they came out then because we could talk about them today. The next song we're gonna talk about, I'm gonna play uh is that I'm in love? Oh man. Yeah, we're gonna play I'm in love. I'm gonna let Shy talk about this song, and then I'm gonna talk about how this was a very tumultuous time in Bobby's career. We'll talk about it on the other side.
Shy, your thoughts on I'm in love? So actually, this is uh, one of the songs um, on our list here that I wasn't like too familiar with. Okay. But, um, but I listened to it and uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure because, uh, you know, Bobby, like you said, like Bobby has that, um, that thing that surrounds him that everybody just, you know, deems him to be like problematic. But, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to discuss that. We're going to yeah. discuss that. Yeah. Yeah. This was during a time when Bobby was finally getting his career back in order. Mm-hmm. Um, most people know that Bobby Womack married Sam Cooke's wife like less than a year after Sam Cooke was murdered. And they painted Bobby as the villain. Matter of fact, a couple of Sam's brothers broke Bobby's jaw, jumped him, beat the shit out of him. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask the question. I'm going to ask Shy this question too, and Shy's going to give her answer. Bobby was 20 years old. When Sam Cooke died, Sam Cooke's wife, Barbara, was 30. Now, when I was 13, I lost my virginity to a 25-year-old woman. When I was 15, the next time I had sex, it was a 24-year-old woman. Bobby Womack was 20. You have this beautiful woman that you're attracted to. A a 30-year-old woman can't be lured by a 20-year-old man. How? I, I don't understand why Bobby was painted as the villain when this woman was much older than him. And I was 20. I was 15. I was 25. If an older, beautiful woman wanted to be with me, she was going to be with me. What am I going to? I'm going to hamina, hamina, hamina. Shy. There was a 10-year age difference the other way. Now, uh, Bobby was ostracized by the music industry, by Sam Cooke's family. Sam's brothers jumped him. Um, Bobby's brothers, four brothers, didn't talk to him for a while because they were discovered by Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke discovered Bobby Womack and the Womack brothers. They were known as the Valentino brothers when he signed them to his record label. Your thoughts on the situation now that I told you that there's a 10-year age difference, and your thoughts, you know, could is, was there a way Bobby could have said no? Remember, you got to take the age difference into consideration. Also around this time, the same year, listen to this, Shy, the same year Bobby married Barbara Cook, mm-hmm. Marvin Gaye married Barry Gordy's sister, uh, sister Anna. Mm-hmm. Marvin was 24, Anna was 41. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I I always had this conversation with uh like my guy friends. Like when it comes to like age gaps, mm-hmm. it's it's always real tricky for me, man. Cause it just be like, at what point do you be like, oh, okay, that's not bad, and then you know, like, how do you determine that? Whether like if it's the guy that's older, is it the woman that's older? Like, why is you know this okay but then that that not be okay like okay you got like a 24 year old guy mm-hmm. and then a 41 year old woman like they that's just crazy to me like that's but that's- and in that situation and i talked about this on the marvin gay podcast 
I always thought they were using each other. And Marvin mentioned this. Marvin Gaye mentioned this in his biography written by David Ritz. He, he married the queen so he be, so he can become a prince. That tells right. me right to the day he was using her and she yeah. was using him because everybody knows that at 24 years old, Marvin Gaye was one of the most beautiful men that ever lived. All right. Mm-hmm. So there's this 41 year old woman saying, yeah, I, I want to get with that dude. And the 24 year old is like, yeah, I know she's feeling me. And her f- brother is the most powerful black man in the music industry. And I'm struggling. I'm starving at Motown. They're not they're not pushing me. I get mm-hmm. with her. I'm. He, Barry got to take care of his sister. Now, look, I think Marvin eventually, because of his talent, would have been Marvin, but he needed that foot in the door and he used her just like she used him. I compare that to Bobby and Barbara, except in Marvin's case, it worked out because immediately became a star. In Bobby's case, he was blackballed for five years. Yeah. And then 1969, he came out with his first album, and this was the best song on his first solo album. Five years after Sam Cooke, six years, five, six years after Sam Cooke dies, after he marries Barbara, he's blackballed from the industry. Nobody wants to even fuck with him. And look, Sam Cooke is one of the greatest singers of all time, okay? And they felt like he was done dirty, but his wife is 10 years older than Bobby and also Sam Cooke was a known philanderer right? <laughs> I mean it wasn't like I mean when he died he was cheating on his wife to, when he was murdered right? crazy ridiculous <laughs> so, so I mean you, you, you gotta see both sides I hated that Bobby was blackballed because of this but like in the instance with Marvin Gaye, had Marvin never married Anna, eventually that talent would have came to the surface. Bobby Womack was so talented that that black ball couldn't stick because that fire and desire and that incredible songwriting and singing style of his was going to come to the surface. And I always thought I'm in love was his song to Barbara. I'm in love, 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 love. <laughs> So um, one last, one, one last, your last thought on the relationship between Bobby and Barbara. Do you feel it was appropriate from either side? You, you, your thoughts? No, I would say that it, I don't think that it was, it was appropriate because it's like, for the simple fact of the relationship that you had with her prior husband. You know, like he was his mentor. Yes. Right. Like that's that was your mentor. This is a person that, you know, you were very close to. You know, I'm sure y'all had like a very special love for each other. It's the the wildest part, and I know we're gonna get to that song later. Oh no, save it, save it, don't bring it up. uh, Yeah, so that's save it for for that that reason alone. For the matter (laughs) of fact, for the very first opening line of that song. That's the reason why that shit is inappropriate because how dare you start off a song saying that about this man? Well, one one and, last thing I want one last yeah. thing I wanna, one last thing I want to defend Bobby on. He wrote that song 20 years after the fact and we'll get into that song and those <laughs> no those listening know the song we're talking about we'll get to it. But think about it. He was 15, 16 years old when he met Barbara. Barbara was a beautiful woman. 
So yeah, I mean, as a child, you know, the teenage boy, you yes. like, like, let me you tell you something. I mean, I'm saying, I, I get let it. Me tell you I get it. When I was six years old, I saw Shaka Khan on Soul Train, and I lost my fucking mind. Shaka Khan is the reason why I date the women I date. Right? I saw. <laughs> let me tell you something. If I was 15, 16 years old, and Shaka's present. And I, if I was 20 years old, the Shaka was like, uh, Robert, you want some? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do my damnest and do whatever I can. But you're right. You make a great point. That was your mentor. And there was disrespect shown on Bobby's part. I agree with that a thousand percent. My only issue with it is they always made Barbara the victim. You're not a victim when you're 10 years older than the woman. You're a willing participant. Just like, just like Anna Gordy wasn't a victim with Marvin. Marvin, you know what's fucked up? Marvin got her 16-year-old cousin pregnant right after they got married. And they wound up uh, adopting that boy, Marvin Jr. There's a lot of similarity to Marvin Gaye, Bobby Womack, and Robert Sylvester Kelly. Y'all want to paint R. Kelly as the bad guy, but he just continued a long tradition of bastards with the most incredible talent. Anyway... Um, I'm glad I'm glad we 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 talked about this because it was I wanted to hear a woman's perspective because they slander Bobby, but it takes two to tangle. It does. And I don't know who approached who, but she had to be a willing participant. And you know, at the time, he's very talented, 20 years old. <sighs> Maybe I can mold it. What would they call what they call yeah, that? That's, that's what they call uh grooming. I could groom him to mm-hmm. be Sam's replacement. <laughs> yeah. Because yep. Anna Gordy groomed Marvin 100%. Absolutely. All right, what's the next song we're going to play? Let me see. Oh, it's going to be this. This, it's good. this. I already love where the discussion is going. Oh, that's the way I feel about it. It's a great song. We'll mm-hmm. talk about this on the other side. <laughs> you know, life is funny when you look at it. Everybody wants love, but everybody's afraid of love. You know, I'm a true believer that if you get anything out of life, you got to put up with the toils and strife. Now, listen, you're pushing my love a little bit too far. I don't think you know, I don't think you know how blessed you are. And your friend Annie May tell you all she sees. Have you ever thought she was trying to get close to me? Yeah. Think it over. Think it over, girl. And if that's getting weak for you, Put you through, put you through, put you through. 
trust in me, my dear. Have no fear. You don't know, but God might have sent me here. Yeah. Thank it all. Beautiful, beautiful love song. Uh, Shy, your thoughts on this song and compare it to Gerald and Mary's version. Um, mm. Compare both and Ooh. which one you think was better. It's a tough call because both of these are classics. Yeah, it is. It's a tough call and it's really hard for me to compare because you have Gerald and Mary's as a duet versus, you know, it was just Bobby by himself and then with Gerald and Mary it's like you know they're feeding off of each other and they 
they sound really well together and then they make like they bring mm-hmm. a whole different like uh feel to the song mm-hmm. because it's like it's just not one person talking from just that one person you know right. that one perspective right. it's like they both are sounding like the man and the woman going through this experience together so that's a whole different like vibe with their song and it is like it's it's great like i love their version but bobby's version it's like i feel like it's just a man talking about like his his experiences and what he went through, you know, with his one situation, you know, he, you can hear it, you know, like the passion and everything like in his voice and and it's just power. It's more powerful to me coming from just Bobby. So I think I will probably take Bobby's version over Mary and Gerald's, but don't get me wrong. I absolutely love theirs. It's just, it's different. I love your comparison. It's different to me. Cause it's because it's kind of like you're comp- trying to like it's just kind of like, you know, somebody sitting there telling you about their experience, you know, right. what they went through firsthand versus mm-hmm. like somebody two two other people that went through the exact same situation. Mm-hmm. They're giving you theirs together, you know. Now, like, now we talked about this song on the Gerald Lavert podcast. Yeah. You and I. It's Mary and Gerald talking about the, the, their relationship with each other, the, the people in the song, right? That's right. It, it's a couple talking about their feelings. That's why that's the way I feel about you. While Bobby, it's just one man's perspective about the woman that he's in love with, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's the difference between the two songs. And I, I, I love that comparison. Um, I prefer Bobby's version too. Um, but Gerald and Mary knocked it out the park. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I they mean, did. And, and it's fucked up that Gerald and Mary didn't do a duet album, man. Oh, yeah, man. There was always, there was always. And then I like my favorite part of the song. I like Bobby's better because like you hear the Bobby. knock, and he's like, "Please, please, please ask the love." <laughs> when he knocking on the door, like I just love that part specifically. Much, much better on uh, Bobby's version. Well, um, when you compare the type of singer Bobby and Gerald were. Both powerful voices. Right. But they're both passionate. The -hmm. reason why Bobby and Gerald were so great and stand the test of time, generational talents, is that you feel when they sing that they love that woman. That's the way I feel. You could hear it in their Mm -hmm. voice. The passion comes out. That's something that you can't teach. That's something that's within you. Gerald has it. Gerald had it. Bobby had it. Eddie, Gerald's father, still had it. Teddy, Teddy had it. Yes. All right. Donnie Hathaway had it. Mm -hmm. They have that. From time to time, Tyrese has it. He just hasn't fulfilled, in my opinion, the great. Natural talent that he has. I mean, in the song "Shame," shame. Oh my God, I love I mean, that song. Tyrese, man, he killed mean, that song. He, I mean, that that that's what I thought you'd have his entire career. Songs like that, songs that Teddy and Gerald and Eddie and Bobby and, of course, Robert Sylvester Kelly, Uncle Charlie, um, mm-hmm. Aaron Hall had it before he lost it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had it for sure. 
He had it. Where you have the passion that equals the God gift, the God gifted vocals. So I LJ mean, LJ has it sometimes. Who? LJ Reynolds on some, like some of those dramatic songs. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, you know sometimes. who? You know who? Who has it? Who had it on a smooth tip? Was Marvin, of course, and Sam Cooke. You heard the mm-hmm. passion, but not that. But the day, you know, it was on the smooth tip. I love it. You compare you when you have when you combine those two, then you have a generational talent. And both these songs, the original written by Bobby Womack, and I know Bobby must have loved that uh, Gerald re- and Mary redid that song because that was more money in his pocket since he had the royalties for right. Now. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I know he loved that. Rick James sure. said. Rick James said while Rick James was in prison, he was getting checks because of um. What was the hammer song? Um, what was the hammer? Was it Can't Touch t- Can't Touch This that used the Rick James sample? Yeah, yep, Can't Touch This. Mm-hmm. He was getting royalty checks while in prison to his estate. He was making more money while in prison than he when he was out <laughs> because of MC <laughs> And um, what's my man's name? Sting. Sting has been getting paid forever and a day for that. Uh, I, I miss you song with 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 Puffy Faith and and uh, One Twelve, because <laughs> he he gets like seventy five to eighty percent of the royalties off off of that song. All right, let me see what the next song's gonna be here. That's the way I feel about you. Oh yes, another we're gonna do another compare and and contrast. A woman's gotta have it because. Oh. Uh, you ever heard the uh? You ever heard the uh KT version? I think you sent. I sent it to me. you about two years ago. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, I was gonna say I, I remember I didn't know that it existed. Yeah, because I know KT is like one of my favorite people to do a cover. Well, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna talk about the influence of Bobby on KT because that was Casey's idol. So we're gonna play uh, "Woman's Got to Have It." We'll talk about the song and we'll talk about. <laughs> You could hit you oh, when I'm gonna tell you guys when I first heard KC and my mother too. We both came to the same conclusion about Bobby Womack's influence on KC. So enjoy the song and we'll talk about it on the other side. Fellas, I wonder what you mind if I talk to you a minute. You know, sometimes we have our tendencies, or should I say, we forget. What a woman needs every now and then. That is, if you want to keep your thing together. Listen to me now. Do the things that keep a smile on her face. Oh, I'm 
Coast like that, and you 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 hit and KC probably got that oh yeah from Bobby Womack. Shy, your thoughts on your you talk about this song. Just talk about all its glory. You know what? Like I always say, like people love to give Bobby flat, call him problematic, call him what you want. But like I always say, Bobby Matic is my favorite problematic Pisces king. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love Bobby Womack because I don't, yeah, he done did some shit. They all have. And he talked about the shit that he has done. But also too, a lot of times in the same songs that he talks about the shit that he's done, he does take accountability. Like, and a woman's got to have it. He's telling you like, hey, fellas, like, do not forget to show your woman that you love her, that you appreciate her. Uh, you know, you got she gotta want to feel wanted and needed. Like, make sure you don't slack on that shit. No matter how long you've been with your woman, you know, if you think she knows something or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care. Don't get too comfortable in that and being never, okay with not showing take, her that shit. Never because take never take it for granted. Yeah, never take it for granted because you never know. Like, once you start slacking. And you get too, you know, relaxed and too comfortable, she might leave your ass because you, it's like, hey, you don't make me feel appreciated no more. Like, you got to do, like you say, do the things that keep a smile on her face, say the things that make her feel better every day. Like, just just the little things. Never stop forgetting to do the little things, especially if you know it's a woman that you truly care about because you get too comfortable and shit. And then when she leaves, you're going to be fucked up. You're going to be hurt. So you're not it's, going, like, you know, it's it's hard to find a woman like that. Yes. That's what a woman's got to have. You know what I love about Bobby writing this song? It harkens to years later, some of the songs R. Kelly wrote. You know, there's a lot of similarities between both Bobbies, both Roberts. 
when you hear songs like when a woman's fed up, when a woman loves, when a woman loves, and um, uh, what's that? Uh, what was that? That song? Um, shit. Let me look this up. They they, they remind me of Bobby Womack type type songs. So I was going to talk about the influence Bobby Womack had on KC, and we're still going to talk about that, but. Listening to the type of music that R. Kelly wrote throughout his entire career before he got locked up and the music Bobby wrote, there's a definite definite influence probably on Bobby Womack, from Bobby Womack to R. Kelly. What do you think? Oh, wow. Because I'm looking at some, when a woman, remember the song, When a Woman Loves? Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. And there's another song. Where's that other song? Oh, When a Man Lies. When a man when a man lies and a woman's gotta have it, when a woman loves and when a woman's fed up. Yeah, yep, when a woman's fed up. All sound like they come from the Bobby Womack playbook of look, I'm fucking up. Fellas, don't fuck up like I'm fucking up. Do and the right not thing even by I'm you. Fucking up. It's like, yeah. yo, I fucked up and I just realized I fucked up. Yep. Like it clearly I had been fucking up because she ain't just yeah. leave. Like this was like I, I didn't, you know, correct it and get it together. And now she gone and it's like damn and you know, cause like initially men would be like, man, whatever, like whatever, I don't give a fuck. And then she leave and then when she leave, you'd be like, oh shit, like no. I, I actually didn't want her to leave. Like I you know what I'm saying? Like that's the wrong person to like slip through my fingers my fingertips and it's like you you know at that point like she gone because you know she knows who she is as a woman she knows her value and everything like that and then she feel like she not being appreciated like I could find somebody else to appreciate or she has found somebody else that mm-hmm. makes her feel the way she deserves to be feel to, mm-hmm. to be felt and it's too late like in um when a woman's fed up it's too uh he's telling you nah 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 yeah <laughs> Yes. And when a woman's fed up, R. Kelly's telling you there's nothing you could do. Nothing you could do about it. Nothing you could do about it. Nothing it's, you could do about it. It's a wrap because she's moved it's on. It's too and... late to talk about it. Now, I want to talk about Casey Haley did a cover back in 2006. He had a solo album that was on independent label. I think it was on Babyface's independent label. And one of the songs he had on that album, I sent it to you a couple years ago, was a remake of a woman's got to have it. From day one, when I first heard Jodeci, and the first song I heard from Jodeci was Forever My Lady on the radio, and my mother and I looked at each other, and my mother said, he sounds like Bobby Womack. Not mm-hmm. knowing that that's the dude he idolized growing up, and you hear in Casey's singing, a lot of Bobby Womack, especially, and we'll talk about this later on, so I'm not going to bring up the song, but a few songs from now, you hear the definite influence in Bobby Womack. In A Woman's Gotta Have It, you hear Bobby go, oh, yeah! <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> Shy. Shy, yeah. what? What was uh KC's signature uh, 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 uh saying? Ooh, yeah, oh yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I believe that he got that from Bobby Womack. And you hear both Bobby and KC were young boys singing in church. 
Mm, um, yeah. The Womack brothers were the Valentino brothers. They were a gospel group before they converted into an R&B group, just like Casey and JoJo. Well, they were the Haley. It was little, yeah, little. What was it? Little. What was this? What was this? Little. What the hell was a? What's Casey's real name? Uh, let me see. What is his real name? I don't think I've ever known that. Because it was little something in the Haley family. Uh, Cedric, Cedric, Cedric. I remember. Cedric, yeah. It was the first group that Casey and JoJo were part of was Little Cedric and the Haley Brothers or Haley Family, some shit like that. They were gospel group, just like Bobby was part of the Valentino Brothers, who were gospel group. And then Sam, when he discovered them, Sam Cook made them into a, a secular uh, rhythm and blues soul group. So you hear the influence of Bobby and KC. Your thoughts on what I just said, and do you hear it? Have you heard it throughout KC's career? Yeah, absolutely. And um, like we were talking about earlier about like those powerful voices. Oh, he's one of them. When he hits those notes, like you, I can definitely hear it. And it's like how he, and I hate to describe it this way, but like, uh, and like what's love got to do with it? When uh when he was when Ike was telling Tina, you know, like how like that powerful, like you gotta sing it like rough and like sing, you know, sing the note like high, but it's like that powerfulness that he was trying to describe that like Tina could do with her voice. That's what I, you know, like that's how they sounded, like from a male's perspective. And it's not many artists that do that because you have those other artists that are like, okay, cool, I can hit a high, powerful note. But it's something about, like, that roughness that's also in there they don't always have. They just know how to hit, like, a real high note. Like, Mariah Carey, she can hit a high-ass note. But, like, how her high note sounds, don't it doesn't sound like a Tina Turner or, like, a KC. Like, if they were to right. hit that same high note, right. like, it, right. it don't have that right. same sound, you great, know? Great comparison. Like, like um, if you want to just talk about men, yeah. compare it to Elder Barge and KC. Elder Barge, motherfucking phenomenal falsetto. But as passionate as L could get, and he's gotten passionate, it's not the same as when a Casey, a Dennis Edwards, a David Ruffin, a Teddy Pendergrass. Oh, yeah, Teddy Pendergrass. Johnny Gill hit that, or Gerald hit that. Oh! Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. You get a a different. It's the reason why the Temptations always had always had a baritone at the least. You got you gotta have that dude that delivers the power. It's what separates Casey and JoJo. And I love JoJo. People out there that haven't listened, listen to the Casey and JoJo podcast that came out a, a couple of months ago. I spoke glowingly about JoJo. JoJo is an underrated great singer. And I talked about his duet with Shantae Moore, a different light. Oh my God. But he still, even though Joe Jones is a tremendous singer, he can't get that next level like his brother KC. I mean, mm-hmm. you hear it in lately when they sing like <laughs> And um, my favorite song by them, All My Life, when he hits that, um, that I really love Oh, I talked about it on a podcast. He killed me. I really love you. That note, yeah. <laughs> Faded, faded. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that note, he definitely hits it right there for sure. So uh 
Yes, so you definitely hear the influence of Bobby and KC, and I always felt that KC patterned his vocal style over Bobby. If you're going to pattern your vocal style over somebody, make it a legend like Bobby. Shit. R. R Kelly patterned his after Aaron Hall, and it made him millions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's one of our jokes in the group chat about R. Kelly and Aaron Hall. Oh, my. Like, Yo, you know how usually in music when a when an artist rips off another artist it's the guy that does the rip off that gets ostracized and laughed out the business mm-hmm. not in that situation because he no. did it so well people just said fuck it we'll just take him and forget about the other guy yeah for sure <laughs> for sure like when he didn't even try to hide the shit oh and the song you posted last week on twitter from the quincy jones uh oh uh heaven's girl <sighs> You can't it. tell Charlie, Aaron, or R. Kelly apart in that song, man. You really can't. They all sound the same. Because Aaron Hall and R. Kelly idolized Uncle Charlie. You heard it in their voice. Shit. Um, the guy remake, uh, Yearning for Your Love, Aaron sounds just like Uncle Charlie in that remake. And then, of course, R. Kelly came along, combined both dudes, and became a bigger star, bigger star than the two of them combined. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. But uh, it's so funny because I made the joke a while ago in the um in the group chat when I was telling the guys, I said, <laughs> I feel like all these years now, Aaron Hall is finally getting his uh his revenge on R. Kelly. And I feel like <laughs> R. Kelly had to sacrifice his career. And now all of a sudden we see Aaron Hall out here on tour with Guy in them because I just went to that concert earlier this was, year. I was I was I was disappointed by Aaron. Aaron Yeah. He needs to retire. Uh, he was horrible. And Teddy was phenomenal. It's funny. Aaron was a talent in the group, right? And, and Teddy was phenomenal that night. Um, real quick, we're gonna talk about this concert. Teddy and Keith tore it up, tore up the oh, stage man. together. That was amazing. <laughs> and and Shy, talk about talk about Keith's dedication to Gerald. Oh my gosh. So, oh God, like when I heard the song about to play, I was like, oh God, I hope they don't like, you know, skip over Gerald's parts because like I really, really want to like hear this song like performed like in its entirety or at least close to it, you know, and so like when they started performing and then he had Tank come out and like do the other parts, I was like, oh my God, this is just so beautiful and it's like hearing Gerald's voice like you know through the speaker in the arena it was just so beautiful i was like i really appreciate the fact that he still you know like acknowledged him that's his I brother like that's that. his brother yeah he he yeah. loved gerald they all the three of them gerald johnny and keith all loved all three of them each they were like three brothers from three different mothers and we talked about this on the lsg podcast they I, they were they they were always tight and um man um yeah, I was like, I uh, know Johnny probably had to save his vocals for a little bit later. I was like, but that would have been cool if, like, Johnny, Keith, and then Tank, you know, could have performed it together. But I Yeah, I, I, I was, like, yeah, John, Johnny didn't come out in New York either. I, I was hoping he would, but he yeah, didn't. I was but like, oh, good. Yeah, I did Johnny Keith really and Teddy do just got paid? Because they tore yeah. that shit up. Oh. Yeah, they did it. But I figured Johnny wasn't going to come out because, like, he was part of the headliner. So, right. you know, if, being part of the headliner, he not going to come out beforehand, you know. Right, so. right, right. But right. I was like, damn, that would have been cool. But, hey, it was still good. And so. I'm, I'm going to tell you guys, yes, I agree. Keith can't sing. 
Keith can't dance, but for a dude who can't sing, can't dance, he could perform it. <laughs> but even though like people say like he can't sing, it's still the way that he can't sing works for him. You know, he, like, and the way he it's, carries it's, himself, it's like, the way yeah. he carries himself, he's got so much charisma on stage, and the, the the crowd feels the energy. I have I have seen Keith eight nine times, and he has never disappointed. And he is, I've seen him open for New Edition. I've seen him twice now. I've seen no three times. I've seen him open for New Edition, and all three times he stayed close, if not on the same level as New Edition, because. Despite the fact that he can't dance, despite the fact that he's not the greatest vocalist, he knows how to perform. <laughs> and you know, like his sound is unique to him. Yes. Nobody sounds like he. Nobody does. sounds like. And it works nobody. for him. Like you know, it made like you said, he not, he not he not trying to be the best vocalist or anything like that. But he has a sound that it's like, hey, you know what? I actually like this. It's just different. And it's, and it's time. I have people who hate Keith Sweat. I have people that I know personally that keep sweat, that play keep sweat. How do you hate a man and still play him? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, all that begging. Look, the Make It Last Forever is one of the greatest albums ever created. You, you, you cannot lie about that. That album is phenomenal, top to bottom. It's a no skip album, and it's the reason why the New Jack Swing era is my favorite era because that began the New Jack Swing era. All right, we're going to talk about, we're going to play I Can Understand It. And I'm going to ask you what you thought this song was about after we play it on the other side. You know, always ask me, say, Bobby, why do you always talk before you sing? You know, like I notice in most of your songs, you always have something to say. People that talk usually, I think that you should have something to say or you shouldn't talk just to be talking. But I felt that every time I got something to say, I almost said, because I, maybe it might help you on your merry way. Like I'm an entertainer, I'm in show business, and I like to speak for all people that's in show business. A lot of people don't understand. They look at us different, but there's no difference. We need the same thing that you need. It's simple, like, just say if you were away from home. You know what I mean? And uh, you make home, or you try, or you make an attempt to make home. Where it was, you know what I mean? Where it is. So like, um, it's like a few days ago, I was in uh, Chicago, and after the show, I had previously had seen this young lady sitting backstage, and she was uh, seemed like she had a whole lot of time on her hands. I didn't know. So after the show, I was a little lonely, and I didn't want to go back to the hotel by myself, and I had been feeling her vibe. All through the whole night. So I said, hey baby, what are you doing after the show? She said, oh, I ain't doing nothing. 
I told Dick, like, I'm at the Holiday Inn at room 234. Why don't you stop by and have a drink? He said, no, you don't want to buy me no drink. You can buy me a drink right here. He just wanted to get me up in your room. You know, and so many times, this is said to entertainers, and it makes them feel so bad. You know what I mean? Because, like, I've always been the kind of person, if that was the case, I would tell you, yes, I want you in my room. The only reason you would be hanging around is because you would want to be there anyway. I was waiting on an opportunity if that was the case. You know what I mean? So what people got to learn to start doing is uh, don't, don't, don't be jabbing yourself. You can't fool yourself. You know what I mean? I'm just going, if I, if, I, if, I, if I want water, I'm going to ask for water. I'll say I'm thirsty. You know what I mean? But the whole thing and all of this is just that you know I'm going to be going tomorrow. I mean, even if I wanted to stay, my job won't permit me to. You know what I mean? It gets real technical. It gets down in the contract, agency, people like that, you know? And it's all about money behind the scenes. But with me, it's all about feeling. I don't want to get you involved. I don't want to mess up your life. If you got something going, like, hey, keep a man. It's cool to have a man from nine to five. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But like say, don't get hung up on me. Cause tomorrow I might be going on down. It's cool if you can handle it. <laughs> That's what I'm if you got a good man, remember one thing. Sun go down, and I'll be somewhere running down that same old line in another town. I thought I'd let you know where I'm coming from. I don't really mean you no wrong, but I gotta keep moving on. Gotta keep moving. When your lights go down So why chase me up and down the road And in your mind you know that you should be with him Oh, I can't help We can't help what we feel inside, baby Wanna let it out, but we all hung up on pride You like it is when the sun goes down. You ain't always be sweet 16. <laughs> so why you still can't look away? Find you somebody that's gonna really mean you some good. Don't get me wrong I fall in love Like any other man do 
But I gotta keep moving from place to place And in my heart I might just wanna be with you I have to get it where I can Do, 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 do. I love this song. Hey, oh, back to life. I love it. I love it. He'll be there when the sun goes down. Talk about this song. I love it. Like I said earlier, like, say what you want about Bobby. He keep it real. In the first, you know, couple minutes when he was talking and he was like, basically, you know, I'm an artist. I'm on the road all the time. I'm away from home. He's like, you know, you meet people. He was like, and then, you know. You meet a woman, having a conversation, and she talking about, like, um, you know, oh, you just you just want to get me back to your room. And he like, if I wanted you to get come back to my room, I would have said that. And don't act like yep. you wouldn't have wanted to be there because that's the only reason why you would have been there is because you wanted to be there. And you was waiting on an opportunity. Like, I don't need to, like, like he said, he's like, you can't fool yourself. Like, don't try to jive yourself. Like, you, you trying to play these mind tricks on me and stuff like I don't know how the game go like look if you want to if you want to go you're going to come if you don't then you're not going to and then he also said and like that stuff don't even matter because guess what this is just for today tomorrow I'll be gone don't get caught up on me on to the next woman <laughs> right I'll be telling this to somebody tomorrow because I know she gonna try the same shit on me tomorrow like oh you don't want to get to know me you right like I'm here for the moment for tonight tomorrow I'll be gone and you'll be right back home to reality with your dude. Keep him. Don't yep. be trying to, you know, make something with me to, like, you know, get you from wherever you at. Like, no, I'm going to, I'm moving around. I'm not stopping. You know, like, I'm not somebody that you need to be trying to worrying about the future with. Like, go home to that man, but you want to have some fun tonight, yes or no? You know, but. He'll be, he'll be there mm -hmm. when the sun comes When the sun goes down. <laughs> he, he, he. He is talking he truth to power. He is talking truth to power here because he's, he's like, honest oh. as hell. Well, you don't have to invite me to your bed. You don't have to invite me to your room. We could have a drink right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. All of a sudden, she's she she's angry because you know she she knows she's with this star, and she's trying to get to know him. Shit, he ain't gonna be around tomorrow. Right, he like, do not waste your time trying to get to know shit about me because I, you probably won't even be in my presence 12 do you, hours. Do you hear you got at home is do you hear me? Do you hear me, Mariah Mills? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Like, you worried about trying to get to know me for what? Like, let's just have this conversation that we have here tonight. Be in this vibe and be in this moment, and then you going on about your day tomorrow and worry about your man and your husband. Because guess what? While you thinking about me tomorrow, I'm sitting up having this same conversation with the next bitch in the with next the city. next woman with the next yeah. woman in the next town in the next city mm -hmm. while on tour. And yeah, and I'm, I'm trying to see what this album came out. I believe in 1972, and I want to see when that controversy happened with his wife and. Her daughter, and we this this is just another wild situation in Bobby Womack's life. We can go to his personal life here, and okay, it was a few years after. Uh, Bobby Womack and 
Barbara Cook were married in 1965. In 1970, she caught Bobby in bed with her 17-year-old daughter, her and Sam Cook's 17-year-old daughter, Linda. And they got divorced right after. Right after. Um, Barbara shot him. The 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 bullet grazed Bobby's head. Bobby lived. Bobby lived a crazy life. I don't know how he lived to be seventy, right? Because yeah. all these things that happened in his life, he got caught sleeping with an underage daughter of his mentor and his wife, the woman that used to be his mentor's wife. And a woman gonna do what a woman gonna do. I don't blame her. He she tried to she tried to kill him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any charges were ever brought up against her. <laughs> Bobby was like, nah, nah, it was an accident. <laughs> they got divorced a year later, and it's crazy. Things, this, this just warped, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Linda stopped speaking to Barbara, and she had an affair with Bobby. And she wound up, almost 10 years later, marrying Bobby's brother Cecil. <laughs> It's <laughs> crazy. And look, they have been together ever since. They've been married over 40, almost 45 years. They live in Africa together and they live a very beautiful, serene life, writing music, and um they're very into into nature and the whole nine. So, you know, people can change. But it's crazy how Bobby married his mentor's wife after his mentor died, had an affair with the underage daughter of his mentor and his wife. And then, after almost getting killed by the wife, the woman he had the affair with, the young girl, wound up dating his brother, and they wound up getting married. And um, one of my favorite songs of the early 80s was Womack and Womack, Linda and Cecil Womack's Baby, I'm Scared of You. <laughs> That's a great, because Cecil kills her. I ain't no Rudolph Valentino. I love that song. I love that song. Baby, I'm Scared of You. But, and by the way, uh, Shy, Cecil Womack, one of the most underrated, great songwriters of all time. We talk about Teddy Pendergrass. In my opinion, his best album was Love TKO. Not a single song shy on that album was written by Gamble and Huff, who were the main songwriters for Teddy throughout his Philadelphia International days. Uh-huh. The signature song, Love TKO, was written by C. Oh, wow. Written, written by Cecil Womack. Cecil Womack wrote Love TKO. Cecil Womack wrote a lot of hit songs. Cecil Womack, in my opinion, was as great a songwriter as Bobby. And you remember the song right now talked about Baby, I'm Scared of You? Baby, I'm Scared of You. Cecil could sing his ass off. All the brothers could sing. But Bobby, I think, was the most charismatic of the five. But Cecil, Cecil could sing, but Cecil didn't sing a lot. He would stay in the background and write great music. And him and Bobby wrote a lot of songs together. Even, this is crazy, I guess Brotherly Love is going to be what it is. They reconciled after 
Bobby married Barbara Cook a few years later. And even after Linda started dating and marrying Cecil, Bobby and Cecil continued to work together. So I guess, you know, I guess Bobby was thinking, it's in the family. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other comment you have on this great oh facts? He'll be there. I and just the way- I like I just love that's my thing. Like he he just an honest person. Like, how can you really be mad at what he said? Like he was straight up with her. Like, look, you worried about he basically in so many words said, Look, you worried about the wrong shit. <laughs> like what other songs right now? What other songs were similar to that where a man was talking about going from town to town as a star? I'm trying to trying to think. Oh. If I remember, we'll talk about it later on. What's what's the next song on the on the playlist? Let me see. Oh, do 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 do. He'll be there. I'm through trying to prove my love. You want to talk about that, or do you want to go straight to if you think you're lonely now? Oh man. No, we got to talk about. I'm through. I'm through. Oh, this is a great song. We're gonna talk about. I'm through proving my love to you, and then well, I'm gonna play it first, and then we'll talk about it on the other side. Okay. Yeah, I know you laugh. You had your last laugh, though. You laughed a whole lot of times when I walked out the door and said, Don't worry. <laughs> he be back. See, he's in love and he hung up. But see, God, if you see that you don't want something that's good for you, he takes it away and gives it to somebody else that he feels like can use it. That's why on the day I can say that, Oh, I'm through. I'm through. Try to prove my love. Take my heart. I can't let you take my soul. 
It's a winner today and tomorrow, tomorrow, it just don't care. One get tired, gives up on loving the other. Oh, the other one go running in the streets, running in the streets, trying to find it another. Shy, your thoughts on this heartbreaking ballad. <laughs> so basically, he's talking about like, okay, you know, you not seeing the man I am, right? And I'm gonna go over here with this woman, and she is showing me exactly what the hell I've been needing to see from you, and um. And she telling me like, "Hey, you ain't gotta worry about about that shit at home. That you know that you uh, where you feeling like you know you not being valued or whatever. You know, like I got you over here. Like I can show you exactly what you need to see. You don't even have to work. Like tell her, you know, like she ain't gotta show you shit no more. I I got it from here, you know. And he kind of like, hey, I'm I'm through trying to prove my love to you because I have somebody over here that's telling me like, let me prove mine to you." You know, so what one person won't do, the next one will, basically, is what this song is talking about. I went through this recently. Last August, I broke up with my girlfriend over eight years. She had taken me for granted, and she was getting angry at every little thing I did. It was just frustrating. So, finally, it was, Shy, you ever had a breakup where you didn't tell the other person, that person didn't tell you, but you knew it was over and y'all just moved on? Yeah, I've had right. Much. Okay, this is this is what happened, right? We just stopped talking to each other, and deep down inside, I was heartbroken, but I knew it was over. There was no going back because there was something she wanted that I couldn't give her because she couldn't stop doing what she was doing. And this whole thing, I'm not going to get into it anyway. Early October, I meet my current girlfriend, and this song reminds me of that because. When I started dating her, I'm like, look, this woman is feeling me. She's not taking me for granted. And I'm through trying to prove to this other woman that I love her because she she knows by my actions. I helped that woman get her get, get her house, the whole nine. I was even willing to co-sign a the mortgage with her. Thank God cooler heads prevailed and I smarter heads prevailed, and I didn't do that. Because we'd be broken up and I'd still be fucking co-signed to a fucking mortgage. No. Right, no, yeah. No, so you know, there is a guy. So when I hear this song and Bobby's pouring his heart out, right now this is my favorite Bobby song because it relates to me today. It's like, 
Well, but I found someone, and I think she understands. I love what it really means. What it means to have a real man. <laughs> Her daily needs. Oh, I love this. And the thing she do is say, she said, I'm not trying to take that other woman's place, but I love that man. Bobby, yeah. shy. Bobby is preaching on his song. <laughs> he is preaching. This, this, this sounds like something that uh Jodeci would do years later with uh with uh Devonte writing and KC pouring his heart out. <laughs> tell that woman that you're through trying to prove you love to her. She said, "Tell that woman that you're through." I love this, and then the chorus: "I'm through, I'm through." This is a magnificent song. This is a perfect song. This is Bobby at his ultimate best and what I love about this also shy is that you know Bobby's a very powerful singer with that raspy baritone but mm-hmm. he's holding back in this song a little bit he, he's he, he's giving you just enough and it's still phenomenal right absolutely <laughs> oh oh man y'all might not fuck with Bobby but we fuck with Bobby Say what you want about Bobby. Bobby. And now we will be talking more Bobby and Casey as we play If You Think You're Lonely Now. Uh, We'll talk all about it on the other side. I want to dedicate this song to all the lovers tonight. And I expect that might be the whole world because everybody needs something or someone to love. When it's cold outside, who are you holding? You know, if y'all don't mind, I'd like to talk about this woman of mine. Always complaining about me never being at home But when I'm bad, I'm broke She's telling me about the thing that a girlfriend's got What she ain't got And she want me to go out and get them for her But, but girl, I can't be in two places at one time
I'm through proving my love to you about Bobby preaching. Well, he's in super preacher mode. And if you think you're lonely now, shy, talk about the majesty of this song. This is, <laughs> I think this song was one of the very first uh, indications of what we now call fuck around and find out. <laughs> <laughs> No, this, no, you had one prior to this. Hold on. You did. I just said this was one of the earlier ones. By the yeah. time, by I the time get, I get to Phoenix, absolutely. Which was a decade before this absolutely. one. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, those are two. This those was one are of the two, first of them. Yeah, do, do, those are. You can make an argument that those are the two greatest examples of. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. You like, took yeah, okay. me granted. You want to fuck around? Well, I'm out the fucking door. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, okay. Fuck around and find out. Keep on thinking that. Yep. Like, <laughs> you will see. Stay tuned. Like, that is exactly what this song is about. Because it's like, people focus on... It's so much shit that he talked about. Like, you know, in this song, of course, again, it's, you know, it's basically that's what it's about, but, and you hear it throughout the song, but, like, one thing that people don't usually discuss is how, like, in the beginning, when he was talking about, like, look, you, you know, you be, you want to be the one to, like, brag to your friends about all right. the shit you got and all yeah. of that, like, and you want me to be the one that's to supply you with this lavish yes. lifestyle. Okay, yes. cool. As my woman, that's what I want to do for you. But then, that's not even enough for you. Now you're like, oh, I want you here. I want the time. I want the time. Okay, I give you the time. But when I'm giving you the time, I'm not out working to get the shit that you love. So then when I'm here at the time, you like, well, I want this shit too. And it's like, okay, well, I can't do that and be here with you. So, okay, let me go leave since you want that now. And then when I'm leaving... To get you to earn the shit that you want, now you like, well, I miss you. Can you come back home? It's like, okay, goddamn. Like at this point, now it's just no pleasing you at this point. Like you'll never be we happy. So it's like, okay, cool. You you know when shit is good, it's good, and then when it's not, you all of a sudden you acting like you ain't never had the shit before. Oh, you just so lonely because I'm out here working, stressing myself out, trying to earn the money. To yes. get the shit that you on my head about. Oh, okay. You at home, you lonely, you gonna be, yep. If you think you lonely, nah. Fucking wait. Just you wait. This you could really be about to be lonely because I'm never coming back. It's like two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Uh if if uh wait a minute, I'm through proving my love to you. And if you think you're lonely now, two sides of the same coin. And both yeah. these songs relate to me. Cause last year before my ex and I broke up, she was complaining about, oh, but you're always working, you always work. Yeah. I'm making this money to support my mother, right? And to help you with your house or whatever you need. You can't have both at the same time. Well, when I'm off, you're not off. You're not off. We have conflicted schedules. It's not like I can accommodate. I'm I manage a courier firm. I can't just say, oh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna take these days off so I could be with my woman. No, I, I can't do that. No. But when uh and she's been going through a hard time. This woman makes much more money than me, all right? I manage a, a courier firm, but she is a registered nurse that also is a traveling nurse, and she makes six figures. And yet, because she likes her Gucci and her Louis Vuitton and her Jordans and her trips to Africa and, and the Philippines, she's highly in debt. And ever since I left, it's been very hard on her financially because she doesn't have me as a backup plan if you think you're lonely now wait until tonight you'll Man. see what's really important when my ass is gone just yeah. just wait until I leave you gonna feel that shit you think you're lonely now just because I'm not there for a couple days or however long <laughs> to make this money to get your ass all the stuff that you act like you need yep. to be happy okay yep. just, okay that doesn't make when I'm out trying to do the things to get you know get the money for you you're not a you're not happy then then when I'm here with you to spend time because you miss me, you're not happy now. Okay, you know what? There's really just no winning with you. So you'll figure nope. it out on, on your own, though, because yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> now, tell us why Casey's version is better than Bobby's version. What? 
<laughs> well, because he inserted he inserted his ooh yeah. <laughs> that put a little bit of a different spin on it. I'm like I don't know, Bobby didn't do that. Oh yeah, in his version. So, but but, but we was also Casey's going wait until tonight. Wait. Until- oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh which, yeah. Which Bobby's not doing now. Bobby sings powerful like KC, but he's not. When KC belts that wait until tonight, I mean you feel it in your gut. Yeah, and on that part where he's like, do you believe me, baby? Yes. Yes, that too. Like, all the extras that KC made to Bobby's is what made KC version better. Because you have the, it's it's real tricky. First of all, it's already risky covering somebody's song. Secondly, it's even more risky when you're covering somebody else's song that is that great of a song by itself. Cover anybody else's, you know, like song. Okay, cool. But like something like that is like, no, okay. And then not only did you do that, you covered the song by somebody who already had a perfect song and you added extra shit to it and it was still good. Like he did it twice. He did it with lately and he did it with if you think you're lonely now. Now uh but there's certain artists you shouldn't fuck Bobby should have been one of them artists no one should be able to duplicate or better the cut uh, his version right and you had Gerald and KC mm. do a phenomenal job now there's certain singers you can't do that um i remember when you were on uh Anthony and Jason's podcast mm-hmm. talking about belly yeah the girl who played Keisha her mm-hmm. her first single was silly her career died instantly you're not fucking with a Denise Williams what who in her management allowed her to do that because yeah, that no you cannot do that nobody today can cover a Denise Williams song don't even try it you're setting yourself up for embarrassment and she's a beautiful talented woman she became a school teacher and she's been happily married for over 20 years but her career ended before it started because that's the first single they decided to <laughs> was are you crazy silly you're silly to sing silly Right <laughs> now, yeah. and then also too, um, I'm also gonna add on. You said that he did it twice. I'm gonna argue that he actually did it three times. What was the third time? I know, I know. People are not saying they it's controversial. People, no, 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 no. But we're gonna talk about because I was gonna bring it up. You talking about love ballad? Yes, absolutely. Jeffries absolutely. is on. Jeffries. I, I but it. one thing you mentioned something a, a, a few minutes ago that I agree with. What I loved about KC's version of Love Ballad, Jeffries to me, you it's a masterpiece. But KC did when he goes at the end, uh, they don't know. Exactly. That song, it's for that. It's the ending. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know, baby. You hear the passion in his voice. You hear the passion in his voice. Love has come. But Jeffrey, that's his song, man. I mean, um, KC comes close, but in my opinion, that's the one cover he didn't do better than the original because that the original is perfect. Then again, lately is perfect by Stevie Wonder, and if you think you're lonely now, is perfect by Bobby. But I think KC proved, in my opinion, to be better than, than those two songs. 
I don't know about Love Ballad, but I agree with you on one point. They don't know. I love when he goes because you hear they What we have is much more than they. <laughs> he, he's the only one that could have come close. I'm glad no one else is. Oh, no. George Benson did a decent cover of Love Ballad. George Benson, it's a, the difference between George Benson's Love Ballad Shy and Casey and Jeffrey's version is Jeffrey and Casey are baritones. And so they sing it with a lot of power. George, Benfis, George Benson is a smooth tenor. And so he's singing it more on a smooth tip. So it's different in that. And still a good song. But Gun to My Head, Love Ballad is my shit. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I got I to go with Jeffrey. You see Jeffrey live. How, that, he must kill yes, that. I'm song. actually about to see him again. I already have six. I know you've seen him. How did, how did he? You said he still sounds the same. Absolutely. How did he? How did he? How did he how did he deliver that song? And how did he deliver We Deserve Each Other Slow? We both deserve each other. Oh my God. Like it's <laughs> it's so crazy to like when I say he sounds exactly like how you hear it in your head wow. or whatever. Like there is no difference. I was sitting there and that was like I think that was one of the first times I had ever experienced that, like as far as, you know, R and B artists and stuff. And I've been right. going to concerts for a long time. Yeah. And seeing a lot of people, but it was just something about when I heard Jeffrey's voice, I was like, there's no way. <laughs> he still sounds the same. And that was in February 2018. And I'm going to see him in uh Stephanie Mills in August. Yeah, yeah, that we both deserve it. And then um, did he uh did he what was that? What was that song that uh well it was Love Love Ballad? Uh did he do Share My World and Concentrate? Oh, Share My Love. Share my love and concentrate, uh, concentrate on, you. on you. Yep, he did concentrate on you. He did stranger. Um, oh, that's my shit. Strange. Uh, oh my. He came God. out to. Uh, on the wings of love. No, oh, what was the first song he did? Woo, woo, fact, woo. I think he. I think he came out to stranger. Okay. I think that was the first song he performed because I was so shocked. I was like, oh my god, this is like one of the songs I'm waiting to hear, and he starts off the show with it. But yeah. Like he sounds really good, so and he Jeffrey comes here pretty often, but I gave uh I gave all of uh my mom, my two aunts, and my grandmother. Uh, we're all going. That was their Mother's Day gift. Memo to Shy's future husband. <laughs> Concerts. Make sure no 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 when y'all do have the wedding, that when she shows up at the reception, when y'all show up at the reception. Jeffrey's behind the mic. <laughs> exactly. Yes, because the song that I want to walk down the aisle to is um is um we both deserve each other's love. Yes. And then I want my first dance to be um oh my goodness, you just said it. Share my um, love with concentrate. Yeah, share my love. Share my love. Yes. Like those are both those are both my wedding songs. So like I would love concentrate for Jeffrey my, my favorite line from Concentrate on You. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love, I love you. <laughs> Oh man One of the most underrated Musicians, singers, songwriters Of all time Jeff, uh, The first time I made Oh my god the first time Oh and None of those songs Are my favorite by Jeffrey My favorite by him is um, We're going all the way Because he sings with that passion just like 
Bobby and Teddy and Casey. And we're going home all the way. Yeah, Jeffrey. I, I think he's saying that too. I still have the videos in my. He gotta sing. He, he. It can't be a Jeffrey concert without him singing the woo woo song. And oh uh, yeah, yeah. And then he gets the audience participation, <laughs> and he asks different people in the audience, like, "Can you woo for me?" <laughs> it's so funny. And that, is he eighty yet? He's up there in age, and he's still a phenomenal singer. Yeah. They uh, Uncle Charlie and Jeffrey still killing it out there. Uncle Uncle Charlie Wilson and Jeffrey Osborne. You guys in your twenties can learn something watching um performances of theirs. All right, what's the next one, man? I could talk about Jeffrey all day. He that's one dude shy that has never gotten his job. Him and James Ingram are two singers I feel deserve their flowers more than they get. Oh, another great man. We just having one great song after another. Just my imagination. We're going to talk about this on the other side.
All right, Shy and I were having a conversation while the song was being played, and I was about to tell her the difference between Bobby's version of Just My Imagination and the, the, the Temptation version of Just My Imag Imagination. It's two different songs. It's two different songs, Shy. Just My Imagination by the Temptations is, a, you know, it's Eddie Kendrick's Just My Imagination running uh -huh. with me. He sees this woman from afar and he is in love, but he doesn't know how to talk to her. So he's imagining in his head that he's with her and the whole night. Basically, he's stalking from a distance. <laughs> in the Just My Imagination song by Bobby Womack, it's him imagining that he's with his former love the woman who uh, either broke his heart or he did something to spurn her to for her to leave and so just my imagination and he he, he he he's singing his ass off about his broken heart and how he wishes he's still with this woman that's the that that's the difference to the song um shy you did you hear this song before before i sent you the playlist in the past, or was this the first time you heard it? No, this was my first time hearing it. There was wow. maybe like two or three on here where I was like, oh, I've never seen, uh, heard these before. 13 years ago, when I was 42, um, I got into a serious accident where I broke my tibula and my fibula in my oh. left leg. And so I was out of work for three, four months on it happened on the job, so I was on workman's comp. And anybody who's ever been on workman's comp, workman's comp know that you go two months without seeing a dime, all right? And you get all that money 
damn near before it's time to go back to work. But for two months, you damn near starving. Anyway, I was going crazy during those two months. So I had two unopened Bobby Womack greatest hits compilations. And so what got me through those two months of just sitting there, and my son at the time was 18, and he just was about to begin college. And so uh, playing video, playing Madden with him and listening to Bobby Womack got me through those two months because I couldn't do anything. And Shy, you you like me, you've been working all your life. When you're, you can't work and you're just sped up, a city. Oh, by the way, Shy, how's your back doing? Oh, it's doing okay. Okay. Yeah, I right. definitely am. I have my days, but I'm okay. Thank you. I appreciate you. I, I, you know, I was meaning to ask you. I'm, I'm gonna ask you off air a personal question about it. So we'll continue. So, Shy, have you ever been on disability or, or workman's comp where you couldn't work and you had to stay up in the house and don't count the pandemic? Just talking about something that sidelined you for a significant amount of time. Uh, for, uh, mostly just when I had like those two surgeries within the last, you know, a uh, few years when I had the surgery in 2018. Right. And then I had to turn around and have the exact same surgery again. How long were you out of work? Uh, just a couple months. Okay. So say, did, did it drive you crazy? Just being in the oh, house? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, it absolutely did. Like, especially when you feel like to you, you're okay. But the doctors yes. are like, absolutely not. And you just sitting there like, I feel like I'm just. Wasting time, like not doing anything when I actually could, but it's like you get hard headed, and sometimes you will try to do something, and then your body will let you know, like, see, I told you. <laughs> what got you through those months of inactivity? Um, just kind of just getting up and um, just doing little, like uh, being consistent with little things, like cooking every day, okay, and stuff like that, like okay, because cooking is like it's it's the thing that I um have to do like i have to prep for it make sure i have like the right okay. ingredients and all that stuff like so things like that i just really say true to doing like okay i don't want to get too lazy and get too comfortable with the fact that like i'm here doing nothing and just start gotcha. ordering in and stuff every day like let me actually get up and do something that i know oh, yeah. i have the ability to take the lazy route on and just right die. right so when i went through that same situation when i broke both the fibula and tibula in my left leg I was going through the same exact thing, and Bobby Womack got me through. The, I was just, I opened up, because I have a lot of CDs that I've never, that the plastic's still on. And those two CDs, the plastic was on. So I, I said, you know what? It's Bobby Womack. And ladies and gentlemen, it's 2010. This was years before streaming, all right? Yeah, people were stealing. I was ripping shit off LimeWire, but people were stealing. We were still in the CD area, era. So... I play his two compilations and I'm playing them over and over again. And it, it got me through because Bobby sings about everything. He sings about love. He sings about your heart being broken. And so I'm just vibing off of Bobby Womack. And just my imagination was one of those songs that I kept playing over and over again. And I got a greater appreciation for his for his majesty. And I remember around that time, I'm playing these CDs over and over again. The unsung episode of his premieres on TV One. Um, that was a great episode because they talked about his entire life and tragedy has struck him from 
all over the place. Uh, one of his sons committed suicide, killed himself. Uh, one when Bobby had a four-month-old baby that died by getting stuck between the wall and the bed. Yeah, oh, my God. yeah, Bobby's had Bobby's had some tumultuous, turbulent times in his career. That's why he lived to be seventy. When his uh, when his um four month old baby died, that's when he became a coke addict, and he died mm. into the cocaine. And it, when his son killed himself, he 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 was a recovered addict at the time, and he went back into it. And so he was battling drug abuse for several years for like, damn. He died in 2014, so we're talking close to 40 years he was dealing with coke addiction, whether he was clean or not. You know, it's a day-to-day thing. So uh, people rip into Bobby, and rightfully so for some things. I mean, you know, he made some mistakes. He shouldn't have been sleeping with his wife's daughter. First of all, that's fucking, what you call, what you call, wait, 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 what you call, incest. That's incest. Right, Come on, exactly. Bitch. Come on. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess she learned to continue to insist because she married the man's brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no disrespect. By the way, Linda and Cecil Womack, they're, they're not known by that. They changed their names. They have like an African type name now. They really got into the culture out there where they're living. So uh, kudos to them. They, they, they're loving life. Uh, so uh, yes, Bobby did some inexplicable and unforgivable things, but he's also had to deal with tragedy. Mm-hmm. Damn, is a type almost got murdered by his wife because she caught him, and two of his kids have died. And he had another child, he had another son that spent most of his adolescence in uh, juvenile delinquent facilities. And that could also have something to do with Shah him that you know he's on the road all the time. He's not mm-hmm. home. It's 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 the wife or the or the mother of his children that are that's seeing the, the child and you don't have that father figure there to to guide especially the sons. It's crazy. He's had two two sons with similar names. One son was named Bobby Truth and the other son was named Truth Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Just my imagination. All right, here we go. What's the next song up on on this? Um... Oh, where do we go from here? And I'm I want to uh-huh. make a comparison to this song and another song with a similar name, and we'll talk about it on the other side. Oh, one side 
one Saturday night, one Saturday night, a guiding light brought your love to me. Brought your love to me. Sometimes you feel me up, sometimes you feel me up. 
Yeah, where do we go from here? Bobby sings with so much passion in the song. But what I was referring to before we played the song, Shy. Enchantment version? No, Johnny Gill and Stacey Lattisaw's version. Oh, I thought you were talking about Enchantment. No, it's the same chorus. Where do we we go from here? When you hear both songs, it's the same chorus. So... When I did the Johnny Gill podcast a few months back, I was assuming, because I never looked at who wrote the song, that maybe Bobby Womack got credited or it was for the no, Bobby Womack never got credited for any of that song, even though while it's a similar theme. It's about a couple who are having problems. And so where do we go from here? Like Johnny and Stacy are singing in the duet and Bobby singing in his version, right? But it's different lyrics, except for the chorus. The chorus is exactly this. Where do we go? Where do we go from here? And I'm like, how's Bobby not getting credit for this? Because it's the same cadence, everything. Right. I'm surprised Bobby didn't sue. Because I'm like, wait a minute. The same exact title, and the chorus is the same. And it's the same type of song, just different. Johnny and, and Stacy aren't singing the same words that Bobby's singing. Same concept of a song, same chorus. Um, your thoughts on this song, and you could chime in about Johnny and Stacy's version, and and the Chapman's version too, since they have a version called that too. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, this song is just like it's so beautiful. Like I, I like the, I like the lyrics. Like the very first verse, he says, "Here we are, two shining stars." Oh. Came together. Too Seems like it was only yesterday. Yeah. We were only twinkles in some far off galaxy. Yeah. And on and oh, one silent night, one silent night, one silent silent night, a guiding light brought your love to me. All this ecstasy for eternity. Like it's it's just I love when he goes oh. two shining stars. <laughs> it's like he's wanting to just make you understand like how good it felt to have you come into my life like and now now that we have this thing like now what like where do next? we go from here yeah right. yeah like 
he, you know, like I said, like everybody always want to be mad at Bobby and say he problematic. Did he make songs like this? Oh, yeah. Where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go? Right. Oh man, talk about a master with the penmanship. Oh, where do we go? But you have to also have the voice to match the lyrics. Why Bobby is one of the greatest singer-songwriters of all time in soul music history is that he didn't have to write for other people. He, like, we love Babyface, but let's be honest, Babyface is not the greatest vocalist. He's mm-hmm. great at what he does, and he knows he he knows his limitation. There was no limitation with Bobby Womack. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, not, not at all. Bobby, Bobby could do whatever he wanted to do with that incredible baritone of his. So when Bobby wrote a song, it would have been damn near impossible for him to find somebody that could sing it better than him. So 99 times out of 100, he sang it. Um, In the case of a Babyface, when he wrote a song, 99 times out of 100, the singing game too was going to sing it better than Babyface. Right, exactly. But uh, other great singer-songwriters, like R. Kelly, Magnificent Voice, but he ain't fucking with Fortunate the way Maxwell did, right? He was mm-hmm. smart to give Maxwell that song. Because as great as a singer as R. Kelly is, let's say, uh, Shy, that R. Kelly would have came out with Fortunate, gave it to himself. It's, I don't think it would have been the same. It would not have been the same song at all. It would not have been the same song because Maxwell hits those falsetto notes that R. Kelly could only dream of hitting, right? It, it was the perfect song for Maxwell. And a songwriter knows that. Um, life mm-hmm. that he wrote for KC. Mm-hmm. No way, R. Kelly could have fucked with that song. He gave me life, life. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like there's certain parts in those songs that I'm thinking. I'm like I could probably hear R. Kelly on that part, but probably not the whole song. Like the way that it ended up, like we ended up, you know, growing to know it as like not the whole song for sure, but right. it's certain things. I'm like, yeah, I could see how that was. And the, song. and the greatest <laughs> example is you are not alone. He could have never oh. done what Michael did on this. No, absolutely not. He could have never. <laughs> you were... The way Michael's... I mean, Michael was in a zone on that song. I wish Michael did more ballads. Damn. But, uh, you know, can't argue with, 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 with the great one. But, uh, so a great songwriter knows who to give that song to other than himself. But Bobby was such a magnificent. Gerald was another example. Great songwriter. He he. There was songs he gave to other people that, even though he has this powerful voice, he knew that that person could do a better job. Like um, what's that uh, Chucky Booker song? Why you wanna games? Why you play those games on me? Now Gerald's a much better singer than Chucky, but Chucky got that perfect voice for that song. Gerald knew who to give it to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, you because I can't see Gerald singing a happy go lucky song, like even though it's not a happy go lucky song, but Chucky sings it like, Why play, play, play? Why you wanna? Gerald's right. got that powerful voice, so a great songwriter knows who to give those songs to other than himself. And um, it was rare that, that Bobby wrote a massive hit for somebody else. You could name the ones R. Kelly did, Shit, you could name some of the ones Michael did. You could name a million that Jam and Lewis and Babyface did, and the the few that R, the the few that R Kelly did. You know, well, R Kelly's greatest songs for other people were what Fortunate Life and You Are Not Alone. What else did R Kelly write 
for other people. Oh, those songs he wrote for uh, that girl group. What's that girl group? Uh, that girl group. Shy, help me. She's 90s group. Uh, um, uh, Get Out was one of their songs he wrote for them. Uh, uh, Changing Faces? Yes! 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 Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He couldn't have fucked with those songs, but he gave it to the right guy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for sure. But it's just the fact that it's like he knew who to give them to and like he made it was like he made the song like perfect for them. Yes. Like it, well like you wrote, like all yeah. those songs was like who the okay, cool. You figure out who the person that wrote it. And it's like, okay, yeah, he couldn't have done that. And then you hear it sang by the people that ended up singing it. It's like, shit, well, who could have sang this better than them? Like there was no other option. Yeah, <laughs> like you said, no, like yeah. Who the hell could you imagine to actually sing You Are Not Alone besides Michael Jackson? So, like, our It's the reason genius. why that song's never been covered, right? <laughs> exactly. He is a genius. And a lot of Michael's songs have been covered. No one's mm -hmm. fucking with that song. No, like, don't even try. Like, don't even sing that in a tribute because you don't need nobody fucking that up. But I do give Babyface credit for doing the remake on the Babyface Unplugged Live, going too soon, Michael's song, he killed it. It, it. it helped that Stevie was with him, but he 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 killed he killed that version. I give him, and, and Mariah killed I'll Be There. I mean, Mariah did a mm. phenom, phenomenal job, both on the MTV Unplugged and at Michael Jackson's tribute at the memorial. Her and Trey went up there, and they killed that song. I, I, I got to give the devil his due. You could tell when um a person really really idolizes somebody when they can do justice to a masterpiece that they did uh, like uh casey's done with bobby womack's music <laughs> <laughs> all right oh oh here comes the controversy oh man we'll be talking about i wish he didn't trust me so much <laughs> on the other side oh my goodness this song <laughs> Without losing my grip 
songs where like you could talk about you know amongst people who are familiar with the song like you can do a breakdown of the lyrics and just talk about like just line by line like how fucked up the song is but before you even get to that part the fact that the title of the song is I wish he didn't trust me so much like you can talk about this song to a stranger and be like hey this song is called I wish he didn't trust me so much tell me what you think this song is about like, or what is your first impression by hearing that's what the title to Before I even hear a song, and it Before could be by anybody. It could be by anybody. It doesn't yeah. have to be Bobby it Womack. don't matter. Yeah. Right? I'm like, I wish he didn't trust me so much. Mm-hmm. It's either my money or my woman. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Like, or both. Before, you, before you hear any of the song, what would you think the song is about? And it's like, this sounds like somebody did some really fucked up shit to a person that they know trust them. I'm like, that is 100% correct. Like, this man is like, to say that about yourself, like, man, I just wish he did not trust me this much because I am doing him dirty. But 
hey, like. And you know what? Can't help it. <laughs> it's not right, but that man shouldn't have left his wife alone with another man, right? The who's Bobby's yeah. singing about in this song. And yeah. Look, Bobby's dead, so he can't talk about it, but he wrote this song about Sam and Barbara. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. He, we got the same good taste. I was just about to say, he, he was like, and he, both, he know that we both got the similar taste. You know we like the same type of women, and you going to, I understand you You trust me, you know, so, so you say you think you can trust me, or whatever, and we got, we both have similar interests in women, and you just based upon how you love me, you're going to leave me with this woman? Like, I wish you didn't trust me that much because I'm about to show you that you shouldn't. Cause and I, and I love this, I love this part where he goes, it's not that she leads me on. I'm getting yeah. there all by myself. All she has to do is just stand there. He already is attracted to this woman. Yeah, when, so it's like, I don't even want anybody to try to make her out to be something like, oh, she just came at me. Like, no, she didn't. Like, she didn't have to do nothing. I was already there. I was just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> was like, just like hey, you said in um, Facts of Life. Like, you just waiting on an opportunity. You and I always talk about Dirty Mac songs. Is this the ultimate Dirty Mac song? No. What's the ultimate Dirty Mac song? I wouldn't I wouldn't say that this is even really a Dirty Mac-y song necessarily because, like, it's not like he's trying to make it seem like. Oh, he's I saying he's telling I, like, no, I'm doing it. I'm yeah. not thinking about it or anticipating or trying to convince her. Hey, leave him because he said it. He like, I'll be doing nothing like she, you know, like or she don't be doing nothing or it's just like, hey, I just I want her. And if the opportunity presents itself, then, you know, I'm going to take it. But First, it doesn't even sound like he's. Saying anything to downplay right. Sam Cook to her, yeah, you know, like I'm not, I'm not even about to convince her why she needs to like not talk to him and talk to me, but like just, I'm here. <laughs> when this song came out in 1985, this was around the time I turned 17. When I first heard this song on the radio, my par- my parents were listening at the same time, and my father goes, "Oh shit." Not only is he talking about him and Sam Cooke, but he might be talking about Farrah Fawcett. Now, for those who don't know, and I'm not sure if Shy knows, do you know how Farrah Fawcett uh, got with her husband that she was with when she died, Ryan O'Neal? Okay. It's a similar situation. The, the song could be based... Bobby could have said this song was about Farrah Fawcett O'Neal and Lee Majors. Lee Majors was Lee Majors who played the six million dollar man, the original Steve Austin, the six million dollar man. That was Lee Majors in a, a huge, massive hit on ABC television in the 1970s. You had the six million dollar man and the bionic woman, right? Farrah Fawcett was the star of Charlie's Angels at the same time. So when Lee Majors and Farrah Fawcett got together, that was like a Hollywood super couple. That's the couple everybody wanted to be. This good-looking, muscular dude with the Playboy pinup model of the, of the year. Because anybody, your mother would be old enough to remember when Farrah Fawcett was like the queen of television. Everybody was talking. She was, she was the white man's wet dream. Was Farrah Fawcett? Uh-huh. Blonde hair, big titties, flat ass. Right? <laughs> 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 so anyway. Anyway, here to Lee Majors. 
Lee Majors is going to go film a movie. He tells his best friend, Ryan O'Neill, I up on Farrah. If she needs anything, just do it. I'm going to be out the country filming this movie. Just, and at that point in time, um, Shy, Ryan O'Neill's career had died. Lee, Ryan O'Neill in the 70s was a huge star. In the 80s, he couldn't get arrested for a deal. So he wasn't working. He, it wasn't like he had a role to film. So he agreed to help Farrah Fawcett while Lee Majors was out of town for a little movie. Three months later, when Lee Majors comes back, <laughs> uh, the, 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 key, the, the, <laughs> the doors were, the, the locks to the, to the doors were changed. Oh, nine. Oh, nine. She left Lee Majors for his best friend, Ryan O'Neill. And, this was a situation where all three Ryan O'Neill's career was already dead. Farrah Fawcett had a hard time finding work again after that because the industry looked at her as a whore. And Lee Majors had a hard time finding work at that time because people looked at him as a simp. How the fuck you have your best friend watch what was considered at the time one of the most beautiful women in the world? At that point in time, Lee Majors was starring in the show The Fall Guy, and then the fall, once The Fall Guy got canceled, you never heard from Lee Majors again. Mm-hmm. And you didn't hear from, and Farrah Fawcett had the bad luck of dying the same day or the day after Michael Jackson. So her death was a footnote, even though at one point Farrah Fawcett was a huge star. You don't die the same day or the day after Michael Jackson because ain't, ain't no one going to remember. They're not even going to talk about you. That's Michael. Right. So when I hear. I wish he didn't trust me so much. Not only do I think about him and Sam Cooke, but I think of Farrah Fawcett, Ryan O'Neill, and Lee Majors. Because that, as a teenager, that was the first scandal I ever saw like that. Now, you hear about it all the time. Um, Demi Moore was with Emilio, was engaged to Emilio Estevez. Then one morning, Emilio Estevez reads in the paper that his fiance married another man, Bruce Willis. <laughs> 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 and um, oh, you might you. I don't know if you know this. Who was Bruce Willis's girlfriend before he left that woman to get with Demi Moore? Hmm. And she sang a song about their marriage, about Demi and Bruce's marriage. I don't don't, know. don't 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 rack your brain. But I'll tell you the name of the song was called Congratulations. Congratulations! It should have been me, <laughs> Vesta. Oh, he was Bruce Willis was dating Vesta Williams before he met and left Vesta for De- Demi Moore. I did not know that. When Vesta died, Bruce Willis went to the funeral. And he was crying buckets, buckets of tears. Y'all didn't know Bruce Willis liked that chocolate, huh? <laughs> I definitely did not know that. Did not know that. That's what we do here on the Legend of Sports and Music. We educate, entertain, and enlighten. Yeah, uh, Bruce Willis was was dating Vesta Williams before he married Demi Moore. Demi Moore was engaged to another man, Emilio Estevez, before eloping with Bruce Willis. 
So I remember when this happened, I was like, Mom, how could Demi Moore do that? How could she be engaged to her? And my mother's like, you ever seen him? You ever seen Emilio and Bruce Willis on television, Robert? I said, yes. Okay. If you're a woman, who would you rather be with? I said, well, yeah, Bruce Willis. Huh? Yeah, because Emilio's a corny, boring motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very much. And then Demi would leave Bruce for a much younger man in Ashton Kutcher years later. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy, Shy? Is that after Demi left Bruce for Ashton Kutcher, that he would go on vacations with them and their children? Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. Yeah, uh, that's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot, for sure. They'd be in the same hotel, not the same hotel room, but the same floor, the same suite. They'd be in the same floor. You are on the same floor. Maybe the next door, your your ex wife's back is getting blown out by the dude she left you for. Exactly. That is crazy. <laughs> Absolutely not. When they asked Bruce, Bruce like, well, I'm, I'm there for my daughters. You know, we're co-parenting. They co-parent from across the street, man. Right. <laughs> At least Kanye bought the house across the street, not next door. <laughs> exactly. Are you crazy? Oh, man. So, yeah, I wish he didn't trust me so much. Now, Shy, controversial song, but your thoughts on the song minus the real-life Feeling the, the the real life situation that 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 he's singing about. It's just, it's um. It's clouded. Oh, your judgment is clouded because of what it's, it's yeah. It's like it's just so much going on. Like every verse just get worse and worse with him. Like talking about like you can't separate really the two. Wish. You can't separate. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's like crazy. It's like Aaliyah's debut album. AJ, nothing but a number. When you hear the title song, you can't separate the song from who Situation. wrote and pr- produced and wound up marrying her that same year illegally. So, yeah, you can't talk about one without talking about the other. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lively discussion. <laughs> that, that situation was crazy. Like, But like I said, like each verse, like if you ever, like if you're not familiar with the songs, anybody that's listening, like just look at the lyrics, like read the 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 song lyrics as if it were like a, mo- a movie or a right. book or something. Like each paragraph, it's very descriptive. He tells why, like, I really wish this man didn't trust me. And this is why I'm saying this. These are the things that I have done. You know, these are the things that I feel like I know it's bad. I really feel bad. But like, this is what I'm going through. Like, it's a it's fucked up, but it's a very honest song. Like, you know how some people yeah. will try to be, like, real uh, generic and real vague with their thoughts when they doing some shit that they know right. is wrong? Right, like, right, he right. goes into very detailed descriptions, like, yo, I really know this is wrong because, like, this man is somebody that I'm cool with, that I know trusts me or whatever the case may be, and I'm really doing a lot of dirt to this man, like, and it's like, damn, like, I can't stop it, I can't help the nope. way I feel, and it's getting, nope. it's progressing, you know, one day, what does she feel the same way? Then, like, what I'm going to do? What is she going to do? What are we going to do? Like, he's very honest and vulnerable in this damn song. You know, it's not the best situation that he's talking about. Of course not. But it's it's a good song. Like, I like I always say about him. Like, I always appreciate the honesty that Bobby puts in his songs. Like, and it may be some fucked up shit he's singing about, but he's honest with it. 
and what I've said throughout my lifetime since I started listening to music, that the best songs are often by the greatest artists, the autobiographical songs. And this is as autobiographical as Bobby's going to get. Now, the next song we're going to talk about, Shy's going to have a fun one with this, Harry Hippie. We'll talk uh, about it after uh, playing it on the other side. Everybody claims that they want the best things out of life. But not everyone, not everyone want to go through the toils and strides. Like this particular fella walks around all day long saying, Shine on. Lies will sleep in the shade. Life don't bug him Cause he thinks he's got it made He never worry about nothing in particular Ooh, he might even sell Free press on sunset I'd like to help a man when he's down But I can't help him much When he's sleeping on the ground It's like a bottle of water And it just flows through life Walks around all day long singing the song Just to feed Harry's baby She can lie down a story So incredible Man, you want to help her take the food home And put it on the table I'd like to help a man When he's down But I can't help you, Harry If you want to sleep on the ground Sorry, Harry. Oh, you're too much weight to carry around. But he still walks around all day long singing this song. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. 
Harry Hippie, uh, what I love about this song, it's different than many of the soul songs that Bobby sang throughout his entire illustrious career. Shy, your thoughts on Harry Hippie? Um, Harry Hippie is the, is the song that I think of first when I think about my great-grandma. Uh, this is the one that I feel like I used to always, it's, it would seem like it was a point in my life where I would never hear this song, but when I wrote, I was at my great grandma house, it would just play there automatically. Like, does this song like not play nowhere else in the world but her house? Because like I felt like I never heard it <laughs> except for when I was over there when I was a kid, and then eventually, you know, I started to hear it and stuff. But like this song is just um, like all his songs. You know, he's telling a story um, about a guy. You know that um, he's just doing what he got to do um, to support his family. You know, he he just kind of like floating through life and just go to work. You know, he got this wife and then <laughs> they got to feed Harry's baby. <laughs> that part always so funny to me. That's funny, yeah. Think it out loud. But um, it's just a story of a man that, you know, just literally just making it through life. As we've seen throughout this entire podcast and throughout the entire illustrious career of Bobby Womax is that, without a doubt, he is one of the greatest storytellers in soul music history. You look at everything. It's so vivid, Harry Hippie. Mm -hmm. Facts of life. He'll be there. I wish he didn't trust me so much. Uh if you think you're lonely now, I'm through, I'm through. Every one of these songs is a concise story. It's in the story. Mostly he sings about relationships, whether they're broken, breaking up, breaking up or trying to patch it together or certain situations. But he was a phenomenal storyteller. Mm-hmm. You read, she, she was talking about the paragraphs of each song, um, Cheyenne, of I Wish You Didn't Trust Me So Much. It's like a mini movie in a song. You could, you don't need a music video. You could sit back, listen to the song, listen to each verse, and just visualize what Bobby's going through with his woman. Um, through, uh, Harry Hippie's the same. A master storyteller, shy. How many storytellers in the history of music are on that level? It's not a lot, especially ones that do it as consistently as he does. Yeah, I mean, like he, that's damn near his whole discography is like storytelling songs. Yeah, you know, you have somebody like every now and then. It's like, oh yeah, they gave us a good storytelling song there. It's like this is what really his career was. And across across 110th Street was a storytelling song. Every song we talked about today, he's telling a story. Yeah. And it's like at a a high level, too. Like that is he one of a kind. 
But he was one of a kind. And I know he's gotten a bad rap. And um we're we're gonna play one more song. Um and um before we play it, Shy's gonna tell you what she thought there was somebody else singing the song. And I'm gonna try and find out who this singer was because she never had a Oh a, it, it um I think it says it on the uh it says it in the song title. Um, no, no matter how high I get by Wilton Felder, and featuring Bobby Womack and who, this woman can sing. Hold on, it's in my. Let me go to it because I know it says the name in my. Uh... Go ahead while I continue to talk. Let me know once you find it. So, yeah. reason I did this podcast and Shy was wanted to do this for the longest, but she's been busy. She finally found time for me. Thank God. <laughs> so, um, is to illustrate not only the great storytelling that Bobby does, but the fact is that he's one of the great vocalists, one of the most passionate men ever to sing in the history of music, the history of soul music, the history of music, period. He puts it all into it, and you hear the influence in an R. Kelly, in a, especially in a Casey Haley, in an Aaron Hall. In the way he sang, you hear elements of Bobby Womack in their singing and elements of Bobby Womack in R. Kelly's writing. Because R. Kelly also, Shy, I asked you the question, am I answering myself? R. Kelly, master storyteller. Mm-hmm. In many of his, in many of R. Kelly's greatest, a, a, a Woman's Fed Up, that's a master story. Uh, what's that song he did with Ronald Isley where they Fuck him up and leave him for dead. That's a oh, great um, Dallow. <laughs> yeah, Dallow. That's a great, great story. Hey, he did an 80 parts. Uh, so what was that? The 80 parts. The, what was that? Trapped in the closet. All right. <laughs> <laughs> right. The ultimate storytelling in a soul ballad. Um, so you see the influence that Bobby Womack has had on the greatest artists. Of the 90s and 2000s. I found her name. What's her name? Her name is Altrina Grayson. Tell us who you thought it was when you first heard this Absolutely could have never told me until probably like two years ago. Like it wasn't even, I've known this for a long time. It was like fairly recently. I always thought that was Patti LaBelle. Like there's no way you could have told me that it wasn't. When I first heard that song on the Quiet Storm on WBLS in New York back in 81, 82, I thought it was Patti LaBelle, too. And um, the DJ, Vaughn Harper, the disc jockey, would always say that was Wilton Felder featuring Bobby Womack. But he never mentioned the woman's name. So I assumed it was Patti LaBelle because she sounds like Patti LaBelle. Especially yeah. when she's going, ah, when she's hitting those notes. Yeah, like when she hits all those notes, that's why... I always thought it was her because I'm like, okay, you know, you can hear it a little bit here and there, but like when she really hits those notes, that's when it really come out. I'm like, oh yeah, for sure that's Patty LaBelle. And this is Bobby at his soulful best and no matter how high I get, he is singing. All right, he is singing his ass off and oh man. So we are going to end the podcast playing this. I want to thank Shy for once again Gracing me with her presence. Thank we'll be, you for we'll be back whenever she's available in the next few months. We'll, her and I will be doing Phyllis Hyman. Oh, 
Love Next that. week on this podcast, we will be do um I will be back and the voice notes will be back as we look at Mary J. Blige's iconic, iconic, iconic share my world album. The entire album, because it's a classic album. Um Shy will have a voice note on that as well. So until next time, Shy, is there anything you want to add before I sign off? Um, no, just definitely. Um, thank you so much for having me. Like every every time I always feel just so honored, you know, that you choose me to do these podcasts with you, especially, you know, for these artists in particular. It's like I'll have these some of these artists that we talked about were like damn near like gone before I got here, or like they weren't here on earth that long after I was born, you know. So the fact that you always choose and trusting me to be your co-host for these shows, like I'm always honored. Well, it's easy because you are as passionate as I am about these artists. And even though you might not have been born like I was when they were at their height, you grew up listening to them because of your great-grandmother, your grandmother, your aunts, and your mother. Right? Right. So you have, and you also have the female point of view that I can never give on these artists. Like, it was very important to have the female's point of view concerning Bobby Womack. And it's going to be even more important when we do our Kelly Town the line. Oh, yeah. So everybody from Cheyenne in Detroit to the OG Rob Silver in Harlem, enjoy the last song we're about to play with Bobby Womack. And what's the young lady's name again? Um, Her name Altrina. is Altrina. Altrina. Uh, dang, I just lost her last name. I think it was Altrina Wolf or something like that. We're going to listen to Bobby and Altrina off of Wilton Felder's album. Until next week when I talk, Share My World featuring the legendary Mary J. Blige. Everybody out there, be blessed and be a blessing.
inside of me that they paid to see. But you get that free, baby. But you get the worst side of me. The things that I lost along the way took a whole lot out of me. I had become. 